Hey, welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Adam Peak. Please go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast. It would mean a lot. Also, it would mean so much if you would support our sponsors. Shout out to Specrite. They have been a ride or die for a while. They want you to imagine a world without waste. Listen, they are changing the game. You're going to be faced with EPR regulations. You're faced with price pressure. All of the things. If you don't know your data, if you don't know your specs, then you're just going to end up guessing and you're going to end up wasting a bunch of money. You're going to end up wasting a bunch of material. The most sustainable thing that you can do is get to know your product specifications, your packaging specs. Go to specrite.com backslash PKG. And you already know the link is in the show notes. Also, Supply Caddy is our newest sponsor. Supply Caddy is a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry. With headquarters in Miami, Florida, and manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe, Supply Caddy is able to provide high-quality, affordable products for restaurant chain, restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, go to supplycaddy.com. And you already know that. It's in the show notes. So make sure you support Specrite. Reach out to them. The team over there is incredible, as is the team at Supply Caddy. Make sure you reach out to them also. Okay, let's get to our latest interview right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the People of Packaging podcast. I am joined today by Heather Fritchie. I'm finally getting to use my four years of German uh, here <laughs> on the People of Packaging podcast, which never comes in handy, except when I get to say Fritchie. Uh, she is the CEO of and co-founder, I believe also, correct? Yeah. All right. CEO and co-founder of the Spearhead Group and is a podcasting veteran so uh we are we're gonna have an awesome conversation she's doing some great work her whole team's doing some great work so heather welcome to the people of packaging podcast thanks for coming on no thanks adam thanks for having me on where are you stream yarding in from <laughs> i am about half an hour north of philadelphia pennsylvania right now okay uh so my my family sort of is from that area i think i'm not i grew up in colorado springs but my dad's family is very like irish catholic from philly oh yeah Actually, my grandfather grew up in culpmont do you know where that no, is that. it's a tiny little mining town where like you get a beer for 25 cents and everybody knew everybody yeah um, yeah there's, there's so some of that still in in pennsylvania but yes. uh i grew up actually a, a a big like Philadelphia sports fan of all things. Oh, okay. Well, that actually says a lot about you because Philly sports fans are uh, passionate. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a passionate fan. Well, the Philly one, the 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 ones who are still here. Yes, correct. Yeah, I never lived there. Just you know, when you're a kid, and I just sort of wanted to be different. And I loved Randall Cunningham and Allen Iverson were my two favorite athletes i just loved i had the jerseys and all the things so <laughs> once i found out i had this like familial connection yeah, philly roots I was, I was all in yeah the, there you go 
the the McIntyres. That was their that was my uh, grandmother's maiden name. Uh, well, very good. Well, let's talk about you, not about the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. <laughs> Unless you want to, you can. No, not here. really. No, no, no. I'm good. That was my sports knowledge. 76ers, Philly. I get it. I'm good. Got it. Got it. All right. We've done it. So let's talk a little bit about yourself. So you have co-founded this company. Most people don't co-found companies and grow them at the rate at which you and it, how many how many co-founders do you have? So it's actually just myself and my husband. Oh, so great. myself and my husband, we co-founded it, we bootstrapped it, um, and we let me, we decided for me to um, have 51% ownership and him to have 49, so we're a certified woman-owned business, um, and so I function as the CEO, and he functions as the chief innovation officer. Cool deal. That's exciting. Yeah, it's fun. Do you remind him of that? Like, hey, I'm- uh, No, <laughs> no, definitely I do not because progress is important and reminding people that they work for you sort of is not the way to make progress. Fair, fair Let's enough. not do that. That's, that's a great idea. That was like, that's free life and business information right here in the People of Packaging podcast. I love there it. There you go. So before, I want to talk about a lot about what you're doing and about what you do at the Spearhead Group. But what led up to this, obviously, I can look on LinkedIn and I can see what your job history is, but that's always never as exciting as what your career arc looked like prior to your current role. So walk us through what that was like. Yeah, I um, I worked for another company for 20 years, actually. I sort of had expected that eventually I would um, take over an, a leadership or ownership role of that company and retire from there. I figured I'm going to be this unicorn who's worked for one company her whole career. And as happens to everybody who thinks that, it didn't actually work out. Um, but I took the first job I was offered out of college, to be honest with you, and it was at a company that made um, like premiums and promotion, you know, swag stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, so all your branded backpacks and your custom glassware and all those different things. Um, and over time, when the the it, it's all in the spirits industry, so you're a packaging podcast, but all of our business in, is in the spirits industry. Um, and so a lot of times the same people who work for the companies and who want to buy the premiums and the promotions and the swag items, they're related to the people or they are the people sometimes who also do packaging. So sometimes they would connect us to people who did packaging and sometimes they were like, I'm buying this promotional glass from you, but I also need packaging for it. And slowly, it's like that, you know, that boiling the frog slowly thing. Right. We were doing packaging at this promotions company. So then my husband and I, we worked there uh, together too. He was my boss there. That's why this is super fun. Got he it. was my boss there. Um, and it was a global company, but we ran the U.S. business. We were like... Um, We've been boiled slowly into doing packaging. Why don't we commit to it? Why don't we become experts at it and market it and sell it and make it part of our brand identity? And the owners of that business were like, no, we don't actually want to do that. So we um, we tried to buy that company, managed buyout. Uh, that didn't work. And so we quit and we started Spearhead. And so we do everything we had learned how to do. I call it the school of hard knocks. Uh, we had learned how to design and develop and source uh, and manufacture packaging, and we left uh, promotions and POS and swag behind. Got it. And POS, for those of you who are maybe Sorry. curious, is a point of sale, correct? Point of sale, yes. Okay. 
You got to qualify these things. I forgot, <laughs> you know, yep. Sorry. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> I we have so many we have so many acronyms and I've realized this. I'm pretty sure I've told this story before on the podcast, but I realized how freely I use acronyms. I've worked in the packaging industry for about 15 years and I was with my wife and a group of her friends and they were trying to decide the paint color for a garage. And I said, Oh, this is what I do. Like I, I work in like managing colors and looking at different things. And, you know, I said, like, I'll have a customer say like, that's not the right PMS red. And they all stopped and were staring at me. And I was like, why does that acronym have to be PMS? They were like, it's why would like- you say that? And I said, no, 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 no. Paper just- banking system. Someone <laughs> should have come up with a better acronym. It's totally right? normal. It's totally Ridiculous. normal in my industry. And I didn't mean anything. <laughs> no reason. Uh, yeah, it's uh, right. it's special. We have a special industry. We do. Uh, okay, so you didn't really have a background in packaging specifically, but mm-hmm. maybe similar to me you fell in love with it through through a different, which, which is a lot of folks, right? There's a lot of people that fall in love with packaging accidentally, and then they realize what a great industry it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. It's a great place to be creative. So yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that's what we're focusing on right now. That's great. So let's talk about Spearhead Group then. There's a lot of different areas that people focus in on packaging most people don't realize how large the industry is it's almost a trillion dollars globally it's massive and it's important and all that stuff so what is your what is the uh the the fritch niche oh wow wow that's amazing (laughs) i'm gonna give it like a b Okay. I'll say I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna cherish take, that. Take a B and we're gonna I'm gonna try to see if I can turn that into an A concept, but I'll work on that. So okay. Okay. um our niche, our fritchy niche, I don't know. There we go. Yeah. Uh our niche is um essentially packaging that's innovative, sustainable, and um not commoditized. So I'll give you an example. So some company has to make uh honey nut Cheerios boxes. I am not that company. Uh, someone needs to make Colgate toothpaste tubes. I'm, I'm not that company either. Where we fall in is a very sort of narrow range of where can we innovate packaging to make it more sustainable or unique and not replicate what already exists. That is a very, very narrow window. There's a great bunch of business there and it's where like 99% of the fun is, is right in there. Got it. I love it. So you have a, so do you, so you go work with a, with a client, uh, client a, and do they, they come to you or you go to them or however it happens. Is it usually we have a product and we don't know how to package it and we need innovative, sustainable packaging for this, or are you looking at, obviously it wouldn't be, you know, a a honey nut Cheerios box and saying, yeah, but you could do it in this right because that would be that would be fall into the commodity section but you go look at existing packaging a lot and start dreaming about it and then and then approach somebody with i know you're in this whatever eps tray with this other thing but i've got this great idea over here that's based in you know a cellulose based paper or something like that right it happens every different way like every one of those things that you just said the answer is yes 
So, you know, sometimes um, we've got clients who are, so, and we also do primary packaging. So we do the glass bottles, we do the labels, we do the closures, we do the, the, like the velvet bags and the, you know, those kind of premium bags. We do uh, folding cartons for, you know, nice whiskeys that come in folding cartons or canisters and we do the shippers and we do all that stuff. Still so focused on spirits or is it all broader? spirits? It's all spirits. Okay. You are only focused on spirits. There are the occasional uh, beauty brands that we'll work on because the level of premiumness is sort of comparable to do like a, an $80 bottle of perfume and an $80 bottle of bourbon. There's actually some similarities. I know it may seem different, but there's a lot of similarities there. Oh, makes sense. Um, so the expansion will come from when we start to really try to invest more in the beauty industry, but for right now it's all spirits. So sometimes a customer is going to come to us. Here's a drawing. Okay. Let me figure it out. How are you going to make it? How much is it going to cost? When are you going to have it? Sometimes, um, we come up with an idea on our own. I know we're going to touch on our bottle to bag program. Yeah. I'm marketing that and customers are calling me up and saying, Hey, saw this on LinkedIn. Can we talk about a program? You know, so it, it goes every which different way. Got it. And when you say we, you, you said we we do these types of things, primary, secondary packaging. I, my guess is that you don't own 50 different manufacturing facilities, but rather you work with the premium manufacturers of, yep. of these of these certain products. Yep. So there's companies out there who are brokers who, you know, let's say they had a, a company would uh, take your customer's brief and they would just go to every printing company in America, every printing company in Asia and do a nice Excel sheet marking out all the different companies prices. So someone could choose the cheapest one. I'm making air quotes because I'm on a podcast. Someone yeah, could choose the cheapest one. So we'll never do that. That's that's just silly. Other people can do that if that's what they want to do with their life, but it's not what I want to do with mine. We only work with one or two suppliers of any different type of packaging component. And we have strong relationships with them because relationships are everything. And we've committed to them to the extent that they've also committed to us. And we put together a proposal to our customers that will say, we can do it this way based on your brief, but here's a sustainable option. Here's a lightweight option. Have you considered this option? Here's the recycled option, you know, all those different things. And what we say is we're, we partner with those customers to get it from the idea to the, to retail, right? We're not, we're not just going to, you know, pass around pricing and things. We're going to make sure it happens and we're going to get you there. And that's, that's sort of is the spearhead magic really. That's awesome. I love it. And, and along with that, are are you are you primarily well? First of all, how many employees are there? I think we're well. I mean, you know, it all depends on how you count it. So, you know, in manufacturing bags, uh, we have strategic partnerships like investments in those plants. You know, there's you know 500, 700 people at oh, any given time in my office in Pennsylvania, twenty twenty five, and we also have um, Spearhead Mexico, which is up to about ten. Uh, we've got one person in Kentucky. We just opened Italy, which is a smaller team. We opened up India recently. That's a few people. So wow. you know, that number kind of changes every day. It's safe to say then that you have you you took a you took a risk and you you took a great risk, right? It that's, was a great risk. That's yep. great. It that's was great. fantastic. Best I decision. love 
I love hearing about entrepreneurship that leads to job creation that's also leading towards innovation and sustainability. It like checks off all of my excited bingo boxes. Well, I, I, am, I am here for that for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, one of the innovations that I, I also saw on LinkedIn is, you mentioned it already, it's this bottle to bag campaign. And I, I'm, I, I love it. And I want you to explain it to the, the rest of the listeners about what it is that you have pioneered and, and what it is that you're doing. Okay. So think about anything that you, there's a couple brands out there in the world where there's a bottle inside a bag. There might be a fragrance bottle, but you know, like the felt ones, the velvet ones, the drawstring bags that are premium and they're branded and they give you this brand identity. Um, there's a couple brands I'm thinking of, probably a couple brands you're thinking of. We might be thinking of the same ones. Probably. Probably. So with those bags, generally speaking, they're all made out of polyester, uh, which is a uh, which is a plastic. You may hear polyester, and, and maybe not everyone knows, but it's not really a textile. It's a plastic. Right. Um, so we've cr- come up with this way. So the thing is, is there's a lot of bag packaging out there that uses recycled materials, but it's this very handcrafty, upcycled type of look, right? Each piece is unique. Each piece is made one by one, which is fine, which is great. Like the environment needs that. Don't get me wrong. But we work with a lot of, you know, Fortune 500 companies and larger businesses whose focus is actually on brand identity, right? And you know how on a packaging podcast, how so, it's so critical that that packaging meets the brand identity. Yeah, so, I've never heard that. I'm You've never kidding, heard yeah. that. Someone should no, tell I'm just, you. I'm just totally joking. I know you are. Like I was going to say, like someone should do a podcast about that. Um, but you know what I mean? Like so, brand identity is critical. So to 100%. give someone, the only way you can be sustainable is to abandon your brand identity and become a brand that's about handcraftedness. It, it's not. It's not something that lines up, right? That person who hears that is like, no, I'm not giving up the premiumness of my brand. I don't want handcrafted looking sewn one by one. Every pattern is different products. So all that is to say is what our process is, is that we're actually able to take water bottles and essentially with a, essentially a regrind kind of process, put them in our process where we actually add colorants to the recycled polyester material. So water bottles are PET plastic. Polyester mm-hmm. is actually PET plastic. Grind down the water bottles, add the colorant, and manufacture the fabric. Because then what comes out at the end is completely identical fabric that meets the brand identity. And so then the manufacturing process of making that that textile bag, that premium luxury bag, is exactly the same as it always was. The material feels exactly the same. And when you're doing quantities of hundreds of thousands or millions, even the color is consistent piece to piece to piece to piece. And so now you've got premium luxury, 100% post-consumer. And that's so that's awesome. the thing I'm really excited about. So excited and about it. What you nailed, what you just talked about is why I, I talk about this pretty frequently on LinkedIn, which is understanding value of recycled items and so I did this post where I showed the the post-consumer resin of clear PET, post-consumer 
clear PET and the price of that and and versus a a non-clear. So it's just going to be a colored PET. And and that was about almost half the value. And the reason why I think is just what you just what you expressed, right? If you want to be able to make hundreds of thousands of bags that have a color that's nailed down, you need to be getting pure grade, clear, recycled PET. Because if you don't, now you're going to have variations in color. Now you're going to, and then it doesn't create that demand in another place for those water bottles to be upcycled into PCR premium bags, which let's be honest, a lot of them get kept and stored and held. And 99% of them are being kept. You know, and I always think about this as, you know, I'm so, I'm so passionate about sustainability. Every once in a while that thought pops into my head, well, is it even sustainable to do the bag? Well, the reality is, is yeah, because it's not waste. It's it's not waste. They're useful. They're handy. And um, now we're making them able, we're able to make them out of post-consumer waste. And t- traditionally, a lot of these premium spirits bags, they... They're not being consumed daily, and if they are, then there's there's a, there's pr- you probably have to talk to somebody like that. Yeah. Would be well, no, so, but there's a whole but there's a whole cottage industry of quilting, yeah, and, um, just collecting. You know, there, there's a huge collectability of packaging as a thing people should talk about more um, because it happens. It happens. I'm not personally a collector. I'm like an anti clutter kind of girl, but. There are people who are find passion in collecting packaging. Well, if you look behind me in my podcast booth and you people listening to it can't can't see it, but I have a lot of sneaker boxes and that's because sneaker packaging is a big part of the delivery of the value of sneakers. So I can today wear shoes, I can buy them at retail price, I can wear them for 4 to 6 months and as long as I keep the box there's a whole secondary market that I can go sell my worn, lightly worn shoes in the original box for more money than I paid for them. That's and crazy, that whole if, thing. If I don't have the box, it yeah. could be the difference of forty or fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 wild. So yeah, packaging does, especially on higher end items like sneakers and and spirits and mm-hmm. you know, some, some beauty products. It certainly is a huge part of of the not only the experience but it doesn't become waste as quickly as most packaging does exactly so well let's talk a little bit here and we're already at 21 minutes heather we were i i warned you this is gonna you did you did but i know that you have also launched so you've you've built out this business it's continuing to grow you've gone international you said italy you said mexico even as far as kentucky uh, that is, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it, uh, but you've also launched a nonprofit. Is that correct? We have. We launched our nonprofit. We did a, our trial plan last year, and it's officially live now. Well, let's let's wrap up this podcast on the highest of high notes, and let's talk about. It's called Project Earth. Do I have that correct? Spearhead Project Earth. Absolutely. Spearhead Project Earth. Let's talk about Spearhead Project Earth and what it is you're doing at the nonprofit. Sure thing. So admittedly, we're starting small. We can't solve all the problems uh, with the world uh, overnight. So we are located right on the Delaware River. So the Delaware River goes right up in between Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and it's the dividing line between the two. Uh, And where we are, there is an island in the middle. And the way that the 
what's the word geography geography is not the right word but the way the river works coming up from canada and new york it basically just brings garbage it the Mm. river flows down to the atlantic ocean at the bottom of new jersey but it gathers garbage this island is situated so that the currents coming down from this river deposit all the garbage on this one island and it's like out our window and we can see it so we started spearhead project earth to focus on activities we can do working with the local government of the town that owns the island as a practice for how can we run cleanups of places that are water shoreline essentially that gather garbage because that's the issue if you can help prevent water um bringing garbage from rivers into the oceans you would have less garbage in oceans right it's Mm -hmm. a small thing it's a very small practical tactical thing um, but what we do on the on the um, on the nonprofit is essentially is that every Thursday we send boat a boatload of volunteers out to go clean up the island, gather waste, sort it into garbage and recycling. We have educational programs, and there's also a bit of a cultural heritage because it's an American Indian um, native site. Uh, it was one of the first places of settlers in America. Lots of cool history. So we do education and cleanups every Thursday from April to October. And from there, we will see where we can, where we can share it. It sounds like we should have done the interview from this island or that would have been fun. At least round two. Maybe we can do round two. Absolutely. And it's very nice and warm out here. So next time I will bring my laptop out to the island. Okay. All right. Well, uh, how far away? So it's, so is it kind of between between Philly and New York, Philly and New York, between Philly and New York on in the Delaware river. Awesome. And do you get there, like, do people go, is this like a tourist place where people would go? As no, tourists? not a lot of people. I mean, locals go there. I mean, it's, 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 there are some people, you know, who will bring their kayaks out. I mean, it's not, don't think of it as being, you know, this like monster river. It's not the Rio Grande or anything. You know what I mean? So sure. people have been known to kayak and stuff out there. Um, but nothing, nothing major. There's nothing on it except, you know, wild animals and garbage. <laughs> Jeez. Uh <laughs> Only for it. now, though, pretty soon it's just going to have wild animals and no garbage. There you go. There That's you go. I saying. love it. I love it. Uh, but it sounds like the, the this is this is often used as a as a uh, a business phrase of like, well, we have to solve the problems upstream. And you're literally like, no, we need to solve literally it. go up the Actually, stream. We have to go up the stream <laughs> and solve these problems. Exactly. And we don't know how it'll go, right? I mean, like, we're definitely going to get that island cleared up, but can we write a manual? Can we do something to share it? So we're getting tons of um, interest. Um, Penn State University is interested in kind of helping us with it. Uh, We've got, you know, local education groups, Boy Scouts, like, you name it. Like, you know, everyone's all in. And so um, it's like a small way that we can put our money where our mouth is saying, you know, sustainability is key because what's on that island? Garbage. It's packaging. Yep. It's packaging. It's soda bottles. It yep. Yeah, it's it, it's the worst part of of the industry. To be totally candid, I it just it drives me crazy to see packaging out in the wild. I'm like, it either needs to be in recycling centers or in landfills. Like that's where it needs to end up, uh, yeah. or you know, reused. Right? Like there's there's a reusability, mm-hmm. there's a recyclability to it, there's a compostability to it. Um, it, there's a landfill ability to it, but when it's just out in the oceans, when it's getting caught up in, in forests and all that stuff, it just, it's, we should do, let's get back together again sometime. And we're going to talk about 
recycling and how government should support that. Ooh, that is a, that is a uh, button topic. That is a teaser. Yeah. Well, that especially is, it's a hot button topic, but we're going to, you know what? We can talk about it. As of the recording of this, uh, while we're doing this recording, uh, I saw an article about Maryland had their EPR laws and they had to they had to pass an amendment that said that they would look at the recycling infrastructure before they put their EPR into place. And I was thinking, did they not do that prior mm-hmm. to the, writing the law? And apparently, no, apparently they were just writing a law. And then someone was like, wait, we should probably talk. Look at can we do this? And they were That's like, the hardest part about doing anything right. Laws, management, whatever it is, how many people need to know? Who yep. needs to do what before I can do this other thing? It's always the same. It's it's so true. Yeah. Well, that would be that would be great. Or you could also, uh, if you've been on, have you been on Corey Connors's Sustainable Packaging podcast? No, I've been meaning to talk to him. Well, let's make that happen because you both would have a great conversation. You're always welcome back here on this show for sure. Uh, but my friends Corey and Avelio, they both have awesome shows. I'm sure. Uh, sure, you can you can make the rounds. There's we should have like a packaging podcast it's like like, speed dating. like a uh my sister my sister ran a marathon on every continent and she got like a thing for it it was like the seven continent marathon club or whatever that is <laughs> like we should have like a i i i did the triumvirate of packaging yes it's like a triathlon yeah we could do a triathlon absolutely a tri- packaging I'm, I'm triathlon. Down for that. okay down for that. all right that's great well heather it has been wonderful it's been a fantastic 27 28 minutes here i've loved it uh how do people get in touch with you the best way is to find me on linkedin so it's heather fritchie f-r-i-t-z-s-c-h-e or the spearhead group if that might be the easier one to remember how to spell but either way you'll find me um write to me on on linkedin um i'm there all the time Great. And if you were, uh, I put this out there all the time. If you're listening, made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much. If you weren't able to write those down, there'll be a little link that you can just click. Make it so easy for you. Just click the link. Make sure to support our sponsors, support Heather, support what it is that her and her husband are building over the Spearhead Group. That would be awesome. Heather, thanks again so much for coming on the show. It's been great. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.